Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.125%, APR 4.22%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 0.88% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. The following comes to you through podbean.com. In the artist realm with Sylvia Stein. Here we go. Welcome to Happy Friday, everyone. Good afternoon. This is Sylvia Stein, and welcome to In the Artist Realm with Sylvia Stein. And I wanted to announce, first and foremost, because I record my episodes, even the promos, now we are celebrating today what is uh, to be the uh, 100th episode of In the Artist Realm. I'm so excited. It's been two years. I started in January of 2016, and we're going on two years and a, a few months now uh, that it's been on the air. So I'm really, really, really happy, I'm really excited, and I hope to bring you more exciting stuff for this podcast through podbean.com. And I'm, I'm really happy with the downloads. Currently, they're working on some advertising stuff that they're going to be working with us with. I've also registered my podcast on YouTube. I just saw one of my promos on there now. And also, um, I've also uh, added it to Spotify, and they're doing the review now. So I'm really hoping that uh, we'll be able to um, share uh, my podcast through Spotify as well, along with Google Play and uh, iTunes, which it already shares uh, aside from Podbean. And I really want to thank you all for tuning in. Those that you uh, that listen to the downloads, hear my podcast, all I am so grateful and appreciative. And I want to give you all a shout out and a cheer here too. Thank you all. Today we're going to be doing crafting dynamic dialogue. The Complete Guide to Speaking, Conversing, Arguing, and Thinking in Fiction. Because I haven't done a show since May, the last time I did one, um, I'm going to continue on Chapter 2, and I'm going to reiterate the exercises because we've been out uh, a, a hiatus for a bit. I want to touch base 
on the stuff that we touched up on in the last one. Um, and we're going to uh, go ahead and emphasize the exercises. And then I'm going to finish up chapter two. And then on the next show, we will start up chapter three, which is what I hope to do. Give me a second here. Looks like I have a mess on my book. My apologies. Anyway, so let's go back and do here. Um, let's. Um, I know we discussed intensify the story. Now, chapter two um, is the purpose of dialogue. And this all comes from <clears throat> author Gloria Kempton. And it says... <clears throat> Crafting Dynamic Dialogue, The Complete Guide to Speaking, Conversing, Arguing, and Thinking in Fiction. From the editors of Writer's Digest, the forward is by Cheryl St. John. Now here, we were talking about intensifying the story. And the exercise was on page 19 of the paperback book. Uh, it says, two characters are arguing about the moral issues concerning abortion or the death penalty or assisted suicide, or another hot topic of your choosing. Right now, it could, you know, I don't like to get into politics, but right now what you see a lot on the news is immigration and what is the correct thing to do. So that might be another topic that you might want to use for uh, a story that intensifies the story conflict. Write a scene of dialogue that intensifies the conflict between these two characters. Show the conflict escalating as they continue to argue. That was one of the exercises that we discussed when we did the show uh, in May. I think it was May 24th. Um, and if you have not checked it out, you can download it on potbean.com in the artist realm. Or Google Play or iTunes and hopefully coming soon on um, uh, Spotify as well. But the, the, late, the last shows are on potbean.com. Uh, iTunes and Google Play. You can download those. Now, and then we also did create tension and suspense um, on the last uh, show that we did. <clears throat> and the exercise here where um, it, it says, well, it had two. Just for fun, take a notebook and go to the mall or, or a park or a cafe and eavesdrop on a conversation. Chances are it will be pretty mundane as is. Now write a scene of dialogue giving the conversation you just heard and a purpose. You can just do that for fun if you want to. Of course, don't let anyone catch you because that's not, you know, some people probably won't like it. But um, And then exercise, create tension and suspense. Two characters are in a fender bender. One, the antagonist, has yet to get a learner's permit and was taking the family car out for a joyride without insurance write a scene of dialogue that's full full of attention full of tension and suspend for what's ahead for both characters so that's another thing we're going to discuss on the next show i'll be sure to work on mine and then speed up your scenes um which is what we're going to start with today i don't know if we covered it on the last one but i'm going to go ahead and and start there and then i'm going to go through add bits of setting and background communicating the theme and then um, discuss, uh, let me go into a review of who Gloria Kemp, uh, Kempton is. Gloria Kempton is an author, writing coach, and former magazine and book editor. She is the author of 11 books, including Write Great Fiction, Dialogue, and The Outlaws, 
Outlaw's Journey, a mythical approach to storytelling. She's a former contributing editor to Writer's Digest magazine and an instructor for Writer's Digest online writing courses. So she's got quite a repertoire there. Um, so let's go into creating, uh, let's see, speeding up your scenes. We're going to start on page 21. And this again is from Crafting Dynamic Dialogue, the complete guide to speaking, conversing, arguing, and thinking in fiction from the editors of Writer's Digest. And the forward is by author Cheryl St. John. Okay. So let's go into speeding up your scenes. As storytellers, it starts off. We have a number of writing tools at our disposal. Narration, action, description, and dialogue to name a few. When you're considering how to pace a story, description and narration will move it slowly, steadily, and easily along. Action and dialogue will speed it up. Dialogue even more than action. When characters start talking, the story starts moving. Usually, there are always the dull chatting scenes I mentioned above which uh, the, uh, the above scenes here would be when you're trying to create tension and suspense. And um, basically you, you have to have a dialogue's purpose and there's no exception to this. It, it's, it's in order to create tension in the present and build suspense for what's to come. And as a fiction writer, you want to remember this. No matter what kind of scene you're writing, no matter the genre, tension and suspense must be included most often at the core of the scene. So, now we go into, let's see. But, when talking here about effective dialogue, dialogue that delivers. Dialogue is a way to control the pace of our stories. Getting back to Angela and David in this scene, David is talking to his daughter about the body he discovered in the basement. The first paragraph is narrative and moves more slowly than the scene of dialogue that follows. Okay, here we go. When it was almost seven, Angela asked David if he would take Caroline and Arnie home. David was happy to do it and Nikki came along. After the two children had been dropped off, David was glad for the moments along, alone with, the, with his daughter. First they talked about school and her new teacher, then he asked her if she thought much about the body discovered in the basement. Some, Nikki said. How does it make you feel? David asked. Like I don't want to ever go in the basement again? I can understand that, David said. Last night when I was getting firewood I felt a little scared. You did? Yep, David said, but I have a little plan that might be fun and it might help. Are you interested? Yeah, Nikki said with enthusiasm. What? You can't tell anybody, David said. Okay, Nikki promised. David outlined his plan as they continued home. What do you say, he asked once he had finished. I think it's cool, Nikki said. Remember, it's a secret, David said. Cross my heart. In the narrative paragraph that follows this scene, David goes into the house and makes a phone call, and we learn that he's experienced some distress about two of his patients who had previously died. Here things slow down as the author begins feeding us necessary information in narrative. The narrative slows the story back down 
after the scene of dialogue. What makes dialogue move more quickly than narrative is the quick back and forth of the characters. Words to to one another like a tennis ball being battled back and forth across the court. So that's a very important uh, thing we're seeing here in this uh, in this section of of the of what Gloria Kempton is trying to tell us. So, so here, okay, this is. Okay, and now we're moving on to the next segment. Okay, it's obvious which part of the above excerpt moves more quickly. Of course, there are times when you want a scene to move more more slowly. So I'm not saying that it's always best to use dialogue, but when you need to speed up a scene, this is its purpose. This is what it will do for you. So the exercise here that she's asking for, it says, speed up your scenes, find a bit of ponderous narrative in one of your own story scenes and transition it into dialogue, using it to speed up the scene. Resist using much narrative or action. Try to create most of the scene using just dialogue so you can discover how dialogue quickly speeds up the pace in a scene. If you're not far enough into a story of your own, Complete this exercises, uh, exercise with a novel on your bookshelf. So if you don't have a book of your own, use a novel from your bookshelf to try this exercise. So um, I know I will work on that for my books. I have three, Chasing Clarity, Closure, and Diary of the Broken Father. So I'll be sure to use that one of the examples that she's asking us to do for this exercise on the next show. And now we're moving on to the... We're going to move on to the add bits of setting and background. And all, like I said, the other shows, the other segments are on potbean.com, Crafting Dynamic Dialogue. You can check those out out so you can uh, catch up to the section we're doing now. And now moving on to page 23. We'll be right back. is in the artist realm with Sylvia Stein. And now we're back. Add bits of setting and background. Right now, uh, happy Friday. We're doing in the artist realm, crafting dynamic dialogue, the complete guide to speaking, conversing, arguing, and thinking in fiction from the editors of Writer's Digest forward by Cheryl St. John, and we're covering Chapter 2 by author and writing coach Gloria Kemp. And now we're adding bits of setting and background. And this is what she says. It's on Chapter 2, page 23. Do you ever find it difficult to get the setting and background into your story in an interesting way? Here, dialogue comes to the rescue once again. As writers, we have a tendency to want to use narrative to set up every scene for the reader before the action starts, which is unnecessary. Once the action in a scene is rolling along, you can use dialogue to throw in what you need us to know at the moment about the setting and background. In Joyce Carol Oates' novel, We Were the Mulvaney's, We Were the Mulvaney's, Patrick, the viewpoint character, 
in this scene and his sister Marianne haven't seen each other for a few years. He had just asked her how she did in college and she's told him she had to take a couple of incompletes. Listen to how Marianne describes the town she now lives in, Kilburn, and later how the author slips in a few details of the current setting, Patrick's room. Well, Marianne squirmed, pulling at her spiky hair. Things sort of came up suddenly. What kind of things? An emergency at the co-op just after Thanksgiving. Aviva, who was assistant store manager, got sick. Store? What store? Oh, Patrick, I must have told you, didn't I? In Kilburn, in town, we have a Green Isle outlet. We sell preserves, fresh preserves, fresh produce in the summer, baked goods. My zucchini walnut bread is one of the favorites I bet. And you work in the store? How many hours a week? Marianne dipped her head, avoiding Patrick's inter, inter, interrogative gaze. We don't think in terms of hours exactly, she says. She was sitting on Patrick's sofa, not an item from home, part of the dull, spare, slightly shabby furnishings of the apartment, while Patrick sat facing her in a rather overbearing position on his desk chair, his right ankle balanced onto his left knee in a posture both relaxed and aggressive. Thinking, think, Thinking pinch style, I have a right to ask. Who else will ask if I don't? What terms do you think in, then? The Green Owl Co-op isn't a formally run organization like a business. For formally run organization. Organization. Excuse me. Sorry about the, the not being able to say the word. Sorry about that. The Green Isle Co-op isn't a formally run organization like a business it's more like a well like a well a family people helping each other out from each what he or she can give to each as he or she requires here we get a sense of who the town is as a character as well as some physical details setting and background can actually be made interesting when incorporated into a dialogue scene the reader experiences the setting through the viewpoint character's observations and depending on the character this could prove very interesting indeed as long as there's tension of course so the exercise here is add bits of setting and background find a line of dialogue either in something you've written or in a novel you've read that reveals the story's setting if it's out of another author's novel study how the writer managed to insert bits of the setting into the dialogue to make it seem like a natural part of the discussion between the characters. So that's uh, that's another exercise. And then we'll be right back with communicating the theme. We'll be back with that. In the Artist Realm with Sylvia Stein. We'll be right back. Now we're back with communicating the theme and all the music is provided by GarageBand. In his memoir on writing, Stephen King 
right. When you write a book, you spend day after day scanning and identifying the trees. When you're done, you have to step back and look at the forest. A, a, it seems to me that every book, at least every one, every one worth reading is about something. This something is better known as a theme. What's your story about? What do you want your story to say to your reader in its simplest forms? Theme is your story's conflict and resolution. Theme is something we need to weave through our stories in bits and pieces, letting it pop up here and there to reveal what the story is all about. Dialogue is definitely a fiction element that pops everything up and about. Up and out, sorry. When characters are talking, whispering, shouting, hissing, grumbling, sneering, or moaning, the reader is listening. If you can sneak your theme into the dialogue, your reader will hear it in a way that it can't be heard in narrative. So she continues by saying, In one true thing, author Anna Quinlan is an expert at writing about something in the novel, and she weaves the theme all through the narrative in the story. Toward the end of the novel, when Ellen is on the stand for her mother's murder, the author uses dialogue to bring it out once more. The prosecutor has just asked her if she loved her mother. This is her answer. The easy answer is yes, but it's too easy just to say that when you're talking about your mother. It's so much more than love. It's, it's everything, isn't it? As though somehow they would all nod. When someone asks you where you come from, the answer is your mother. My hands were crossed on my chest now, and the woman in the blue suit turned her rings. When your mother's gone, you've lost your past. It's so much more than love, even when there's no love. So much more than anything else in your life. I did love my mother, but I didn't know how much until she was gone. This isn't the entire theme, but certainly one important part of it. And when Ellen speaks these words, the reader knows exactly what she's talking about. Because the theme in our lives are universal. Dialogue is only a faster and more effective way to communicate the theme than to use long paragraphs of dry exposition. But it's also more emotional, upfront, and personal with the reader. You have to be careful, of course, that the characters aren't simply preaching and moralizing to each other just to make sure the reader gets your message. If you have a philosophy or idea you want to get across in your book, and you should, and you should then it's perfectly natural to have your characters discussing the, this idea. The theme is woven into other ways throughout other scenes. Your character's dialogue about it in any one scene will feel natural. Use dialogue to convey your story's theme to your reader. So that's that's what she says about that. And then the exercises, or the exercises, communicate the theme. Pull at least three novels off your book shelf and see if you can find a line or two of dialogue that communicates the story's theme. If you can't find anything, create a line of dialogue that clearly conveys what you believe the story to be about. So, as I said, this was chapter two. We just finished chapter two of Crafting Dynamic Dialogue, um, the complete guide to speaking, conversing, arguing, and thinking in fiction. And we're going to start with the exercise on page 19 in the next show. Page 19, I intensify the story conflict. We're also going to talk about the Chess for Fun exercise on page 21.
the exercise also on page 21 creating tension and suspense we're also going to do exercise 23 speed up your scene exercise add bits of setting background on page 24 and the last one exercise communicate the theme on page 26 of chapter 2 and this is all by author Gloria Kempton then we're, we might start off on discussing chapter 3 rewriting the rules by author Stephen James so we have a lot to discuss for the next show but again this was the 100th episode of Excuse me, that's what happens when I drink too much coffee. I only had one cup, but it was a big cup, so sorry about that. So, on the next show, we're going to discuss um, these, these things from Crafting Dynamic Dialogue, The Complete Guide to Speaking, Conversing, Arguing, and Thinking in Fiction. But this is the 100th episode, and like I said, I couldn't have done it with all of you listeners that tune in and download the free downloads that we have and hopefully soon they'll start the advertising on there um, that they'll do and uh, I am doing the crowdfunding on it if you like to participate it's uh, I think it's a dollar a month and I will give you a shout out on the show check out potbean.com give a review and I look forward to uh, more things uh, exciting things to happen because I've had wonderful artists and authors I plan to have more I know I have other authors planned for in the artist realm I need to take care of some technical difficulties that we've had when we try to do interviews excuse me but I also want to thank all the authors that have been on the show all the artists that have been on the show and uh, I hope to have more uh, uh, different types of artists whether you're a fiber artist uh, a, a, a illustrator a cover designer uh, author of course and also you know a singer a songwriter a tattoo artist different things um, you're more than welcome to come to the show once I get a schedule I will put out put it out on my page on Facebook try to get back on the Twitter page and try to create a newsletter for all of that but for now you can contact me through uh, my author page Sylvia Stein in the artist realm Facebook page they're all on Facebook. I also have an email, sillwriter07 at gmail.com. And like I said, I'm really, really happy. Another shout out to you guys for letting me uh, be able to do this podcast through Podbean. And I appreciate all the downloads. Shout out to all of you and thank you. I wouldn't be able to do this without, without all of you. And I hope to do more episodes. Uh, here's to 100 more. And for now, I will leave you with the carousel. All the music is provided by, uh, by GarageBand. And now we've finished up Chapter 2 by author Cheryl... Uh, sorry. By author Gloria Kempton. And I think I said Kemp. So Glor by author Gloria Kempton. My apologies. And now we leave you and have a happy, happy Friday. And thank you for joining us joining us for In the Artist Realm through Podbean.com. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day. This was In the Artist Realm with Sylvia Stein. We'll be back with another show next week. Join us again. I hope y'all have a happy, happy Friday.
that was In the Artist Realm with Sylvia Stein. I hope you'll join us again uh, for another episode of In the Artist Realm with Sylvia Stein here through podbean.com. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Have a great one, everyone. In the Artist Realm with Sylvia Stein, brought to you by podbean.com. Y'all have a great day. All music provided by GarageBand. Welcome to Sherwin-Williams. Hi there. I heard paints are 30% off. Yep, and stains too. Right here. Mm-hmm. Only at your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Right now? Well, August 29th through September 9th. Ah, bring it in. I'm a big hugger. It's cool. Ask Sherwin-Williams August 29th through September 9th and save 30% on paints and stains with sale prices starting at $26.94. Only at your local Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.125%, APR 4.22%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change, 8.88% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender, license in all 50 states. NMLS number 30. 